Good morning, everybody. Today we're learning Yeshua, Parak Yud Aleph. In the last parak, we saw Klai Yisrael was successful in their battles against a bunch of different nations. In today's parak, we're going to continue that Klai Yisrael is going to continue battling against different nations in Eretz Yisrael. They're going to be successful. Hashem is going to give Yeshua an interesting command that in these battles, they should fight against the kings that come. That come. However, they should do something interesting. They should cut off the, the bottom of the horse's legs. We'll have to see why that was the case. And they should burn the chariots. Yeshua is going to listen to everything that Klai Yisrael says. They're going to fight a bunch of the kings. They're going to be successful in their battles. The parak is going to end that they were basically successful in capturing the entire Israel, and they're going to start doing the Chalukah, they're going to start dividing up the land to the different Shvatim. So let's jump right in. Parak Yudal, Pasuk Alpha, Hikishma, Yavin Melech, Chatzar, Yishlach, Oyevav Melech, Madin Melech, Melech, Shimrin Melech, Melech, Achshof, the king of Chatzar, Yavin, heard that Klaisel was successful in their battles, that Klaisel was coming and attacking everybody in Israel, so he wanted to team up with the rest of the kings, the rest of the nations. Melech, Mashem, Mitavin, Mahar, Barav, and Negev, Kinaris, Vashvela, Uvinafis, Dar, Miyam. He sent all the different kings who were all a who we're all across Eretz Yisrael, the north part of Eretz Yisrael. Knani and Mizrach and Yom and Mary Vachit Vebrizavusi Bahar Vachit Vitachas Chermain Ba'Eretz Hamitzvah. And he sent to all the kings across Eretz Yisrael, telling them, "We have to team up. We have to fight against Klaus." Va'Yitzuheim Chamachanim Imam Amrav Kacherla Shalasa Yom Leray. That there were so many of them. They were like the sand of the sea, the sand of the ocean. That there were so many people, so many, so many nations coming to fight against Klaus. The Susrech Rav Moed, and they had tremendous amount of chariots, tremendous amount of horses coming in battle. And they all gathered together, all the kings and their armies gathered together. They all gathered together. They all united in a common purpose to fight against Klaus, which I already mentioned in the program earlier. This is unfortunately is one of the things which unite the nations of the world that sometimes they come to fight against Klaus Yisrael. We'll see by the show when we get to Miguel's Esther. Definitely a very interesting part from the Yavits, how the only reason why the Nazis were successful and they almost were successful in destroying the entire world, based on Guarami that when the Nazis can make shalom, when the, when the non-Jews can make shalom with each other, then they'll be successful in fighting against Klaus and fighting against the world. Hashem tells Yeshua, don't be concerned, don't be worried. Tomorrow I'm going to give them over to you, just like I gave over the rest of the kings, the rest of the nations that you're successful in your battles. You'll be successful tomorrow as well. However, there's an interesting command, says HaKadosh Baruch to Yeshua, that when you're successful in battle, after you win the war, you should, when you capture the horses, you capture the chariots, you should render the horses lame, either chop off the bottom of their feet, or hamstring the horse, which basically means that the horse is not going, going to be able to run anymore, and you should burn their chariots. And the first one here are bothered, why exactly is this the first time in battle that HaKadosh Baruch gives this command? Kaisal has been battling for quite a, quite a period of time already, and they've been successful. Why didn't Hashem give this command? Why didn't Hashem say, give this command to Kaisal before? So the Yadak, the Rabag, the Mabim all say very similarly, a beautiful pshat, that the idea is that all the battles before were alpinates. The battles before, HaKadosh Baruch Hu got involved with the hailstones. The day was extended. HaKadosh Baruch Hu made Nisim by the battles before. So therefore, it was clear that HaKadosh Baruch Hu was in charge of the war, and it was clear to Klai Yisrael that the reason why they were successful was because Hashem helped them. However, this battle and the upcoming battles are going to be the first battles which are going to be fought solely, quote-unquote, al-pi, derech teva even though it's interesting that the Lushan of Teva doesn't really appear in Tanakh, which is an, you know, an important point when we discuss the distinction between Teva and Nates, but the idea is that this, these are the first battles that there's not going to be an open miracle. Hashem's not going to perform any open Nisim. So therefore, our Kaddish Baruch is telling Yeshua, I want Klai to recognize, I want them to realize that even though I'm not going to be performing open Nates, you're going to be successful in the battle, and therefore, when you capture their horses, I want you to make them lame so that you recognize it's not that if you have all the horses and all the chariots in the world then you're going to be successful. No, it's because HaKadosh Baruch Hu is on your side. It's because HaKadosh Baruch Hu helps you fight the battles and that's why you're successful. As the Rabag writes that Hashem wanted them to believe, Klai Yisrael, to recognize that's all from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. 
that they should recognize that it's not their own strength, it's not their own kaychas that wins the battle, it's all from Hashem. Now the Radak addresses the Shaila. so then how, why exactly didn't he tell them to just kill the horses? Why did he tell them to, mute, to maim them so that they can't walk anywhere? So he explains, because that would be an Israel Tashchitz. Why are you just getting rid of wonderful horses, regular horses? Why should you kill them? So rather, just make them lame. Taisus in Avodah Zarah and Afi Gimel dresses the Shaila. There's Machlekes thing more about Mitzvah. They're wearing Shabbos. Whether the Israel of Tzar is their rice or draw button. So Taisus asks, according to the Mandarim, that Tzar is their rice. So how could they listen to Yeshua? How could they be over the Israel of Tzar in order to cut the animals' legs off or in order to make the animals not be able to walk anymore? So Taisus over there suggests that it was Al Rashar, it was Al Pia Dibur. So again, it's important you say that this, this halacha that Yeshua told Kleistro, the only reason why Kleistro was allowed to listen to him was because it was a Rashar, because Yeshua said, in this one instance, you should do this. However, the halacha is that a Navi is not allowed to come along. A new mitzvah, a new idea, even Al Pinavu, a very important insight. As we go through, we'll have to see. Uh, there's going to be many halachas, many mitzvahs which we learn in the Nevi'im, and the question is going to be, I, a Navi is not allowed to come along, the Gemara Nivam, concludes, that a Navi is only allowed to, be mechadish something, if it's a Rasha, or the Megdar Milsa, very specific areas, however, there's going to be a lot of halachas, a lot of mitzvahs we're going to learn in Tanakh, and the question is, how is the Navi, be mechadish, in halacha, l'chayra, the Navi is not, Navi Rashad, chadish, darmiyata, so basically, the, the simple tarots, which we're going to assume, is the Mahalach and the Tanakh, we'll point it out as we go through, the Ramban and Shrashim, and Cherish Bays addresses this, and he basically says that any new mitzvah that we find in Tanakh, any new halacha that we find, is really halacha Meshmi Sinai, is really something that, that they had before, and the Navi was just writing it down. To so continue along, Pasuk Zayin, Vayav Yeshua V'chalam, Machama, Imay Aleim, Almei, Marim Pisa, Vayiplu Bahem, and Klai Yisrael comes, come, comes in battle, they prepare for the battle, and they fall upon the non-Jews, Vayit HaMashem, Vayad Yisrael, chases after the nations, they chase against the armies, they're successful in the battle, and they chase them all the way to the east, and they're successful, and they don't leave anybody remaining. Yeshua followed through to command that they made the horses lame, and they burnt the chariots. Hika ve Kharb, Yeshua then goes and attacks Khatzer and the king. Ki Khatzer le Fanami Rosh Kamachazaila, because Khatzer used to be the king of Khatzer used to be the king of the entire area, then they are Eric Israel. And therefore Yeshua fought against him and he destroyed him. Ayakas Khan Shabalafikhaimash and Yeshua. They completely they completely killed everybody in the city and they burnt down the city in fire. It's called Hamalachim Yeshua and Klaisrael, they fought against all of the kings, they fought against all the nations, and they destroyed them, they killed everybody, they didn't leave anybody over. Just like Hashem commanded, Klaisrael did not burn down the cities, which their walls were still remained standing, they didn't burn those cities down. Only the city of Chatzayr, that Yeshua burned down. Rashi brings down the Medrash, that the assumption is that Yeshua had a Messiah, that he, wasn't supposed to, he was supposed to burn down this specific city and leave the rest of the cities that had their walls. He was not going to burn them down. The Akam Yamlais gives a few suggestions why specifically this city did he burn down. So number one, he suggests, because like we saw in the beginning of the parak, that it was the king of this city who teamed up against Klai Yisrael. He was the one who rallied everybody else against Klai Yisrael. So therefore, specifically this city, Akadosh Baruch Hu commanded that they should burn down. That's why he should burn down this city. Other suggestions, he's, the other suggestions the Yaakov Malayiz gives is that maybe this is a very big city, a very powerful city, and therefore Yeshua felt it was important he burn it down to make sure that they don't regroup, they don't fight against him. A few interesting shatim he brings down. Continuing along, Pasuk Yudalit, 
took the booty from the war. They did, in these wars, they didn't have the same commandment they had before. They did not take the booty here. They were allowed to take all the spoils from the war. However, they killed everybody. Just like Hashem commanded Yeshua, and servant, so to Moshe commanded Yeshua. That's so, so to Yeshua did. Yeshua carried out everything that Kadosh Baruch Hu told Moshe. will come back at the end of the at the end of the parak. The pasuk doesn't say that Moshe Yeshua carried out everything that Moshe told him. It says he carried out everything Hashem told Moshe. We'll see. What the pshat that is? Pasuk tezayim v'kach yishuas kol arts azayis ahar v'as kol anegav v'as kol arts agayshen v'as ashvela v'as arav v'as ahar yisrael ushvei lots and yishuah capture the entire arts yisrael or we'll see at least the majority of arts yisrael. These are the main areas, the main cities. The gemara is giving the second are giving the borders here. Now the radak over here jumps up and says gayshen. We know gayshen klaisel was in mitzrayim. So what does it mean that gayshen that yishuah captured gayshen? So take a look at the radak pasuk tezayim over here. The first shot is that Gaishin, this is a different Gaishin, different city named Gaishin Eric Yisrael. The second shot, the Radak suggests somewhat of a difficult shot. He says that it could be that Gaishin was right on the border of Mitzrayim and therefore it was Nivlal, it was included in the borders of Eric Yisrael. Continuing along, Again, the are giving the boundaries of borders. Of Eretz Yisrael, the nations that Yeshua and Klaisel won their battles against. As Kamachem Lachad Ba'Yakem Ve'Yemisim and Klaisel killed, they captured all the kings and they killed them. Pasuk Yechaz Yamim Rab Masu Yeshua as Kol Melachem as Kol Ham Melachem Ela. Milchama Pasuk Yechaz says that it took Yeshua a long time. Yeshua delayed. We'll see. Rashi brings out an interesting medrash. We'll see what the medrash why Yeshua spent so much time in the battles. He didn't do them very quickly. Yeshua delayed in some of the battles. But they were successful in the in the war. Yates explains that Yisrael fought against every city, against every nation, except for the Chivis. The people in Chivi we saw they made a peace treaty with Yisrael. Everybody else they didn't make a peace treaty with Yisrael, and therefore. Yeshua fought against them in battle. And the Pasuk Chav explains that Akash Baruch specifically prevented the other nations from making peace with Klaisal. He didn't want them to make peace. He wanted Klaisal to wipe them out. We'll come back afterwards to explain what exactly is going on. Yeshua went and he killed the giants in Eretz Yisrael. Like we saw when the Miraglim went into Eretz Yisrael, they reported back that there were these tremendous giants who lived in Eretz Yisrael. So therefore, when they captured, they finally captured the land, Yeshua made sure to kill them. says that there were a few giants left in Eretz Yisrael. He, Yeshua killed all of them except for in these specific places. He left some over. The Mepharshim are bothered. Why exactly did he leave them over? Were there a bunch of them? Were there just one or two? Definitely discussion of Mepharshim Patsuk of Gimel. Yeshua conquered the entire land just like Hashem told Moshe. We're going to see that the next week, we're going to discuss that Yeshua, they're finally finishing up the battles in Eretz Yisrael, so that they conquered Eretz Yisrael. It's time to split up the land. It's time to do the Chalukah Sa'aretz to split the land up according to the Shvat. Now we're going to see there's going to be a few more battles in the coming up Parak. However, those are minor battles. Klaisel basically completely conquered Eretz Yisrael at this point. They won over the major kings, the major nations, and the small battles that we'll see, those are again some smaller nations, some smaller kingdoms. A few quick ideas on the Parak that we just saw going back to Pasuk Tesvav. The Pasuk, te- Pasuk said, just like Hashem commanded Moshe, Moshe commanded Yeshua. And then that Yeshua followed through in everything that he was told. He followed through everything that Hashem told Moshe. Now the question is, what do you mean? The Pasuk should say that Yeshua followed through in everything that Moshe told Yeshua. Not that Hashem told Moshe. 
So this kasha that you shall me in peya parak aleph mishnah aleph asks it's ma'ari the shayel and you said that comes out it's very important you shall me tells like this Rabbi Yechon b'shem Rav Benoya he brings down the pasuk kasha tivah shem as Moshe avdei came to Moshe says Shul b'chein asu Yeshua leitzer davar and the shayel makes a dick like this mikarla shetivah it's Moshe inksiv kan ella asa shetivah shem as Moshe the pasuk doesn't say that Yeshua followed through everything that Moshe told him it says everything that Hashem told Moshe so explains the Gemara filu dvarim shalishal and pi rabbi heskima daitik Moshe never Moshe misinai that even the things that Yeshua did not hear from his rabbi even the things that Yeshua didn't hear from Moshe Rabbeinu, Yeshua is machavin to what Hashem told Moshe. Meaning what the Pasuk is saying is like this, that even though HaKadosh Baruch Hu told everything to Moshe, however, Moshe didn't necessarily tell everything over to Yeshua. However, Yeshua, through his, going through the Torah, going through the understanding of what Hashem wants, he was able to be machavin, he was able to, be machavin to what Hashem told Moshe. And this is really a very important aside, the Yushami later on, in Peah says that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave over the Kol Kula to Moshe Rabbeinu I feel Masha Talmud Vasek Asa Lahayrais or Asa Lachadish depending on which gears you go with that everything that a future Talmud is going to Machadish or going to Paskin HaKadosh Baruch Hu told Moshe Rabbeinu which means that Moshe Rabbeinu got Kol Kula so Lachayr if that's the case so then what does it mean that, that Moshe didn't give it over to Yeshua we know the, the First mission of it says that Moshe, that Moshe Rabbeinu was Mekabal Torah from Hashem and he gave it over to Yeshua. So the assumption is that he gave over the entire Torah to Yeshua. So what does what Yeshami over here mean? That, Moshe, that there are certain things that Moshe didn't go over to Yeshua and Yeshua was Mechavah on his own. So there's a few different Pshatim based on the Gemara Menachas, Avkav Tassim Beis. We'll have to come back to that another time. But the basic, the simple Pshat is that the Yushami of Adizara speaks this out clearly. Taisis Yamtim Zakdama, two Perkyavah says like this as well. That even though, and it's a very important you say, that even though Moshe Rabbeinu was Mechavah, Koha Torah, Kula at our senior from HaKadosh Baruch, Moshe Rabbeinu got the entire Torah, Moshe Rabbeinu got the Chamisha Chamisha Torah, very possibly all the Nevi'im, all the Gemaras, etc. However, he did not give this over to Klai Yisrael, he did not give this over to Yeshua. And this is very clear, the Mabinim basically, Kim discusses this, I remember asking when I was a younger child, I remember asking one of Rabbeinu, how is it possible that Klai Yisrael got the whole Torah at Har Sinai? L'chari, the Torah talks about things which didn't happen yet, it talks about the ideas that happened after Har Sinai. So how could Klai Yisrael get the how could the Kleisel get the Torah, which speaks about futuristic events? I don't remember. I don't remember what my Rebbe asked answered me at the time. However, my bit in basically Kim in Shari Yisaitis asks this Shaila, and he says, "Yeah, in a Chanami, it's clear they didn't get that, those parts of the Torah yet. They got the mitzvahs, but they didn't get the parts of the Torah which were Negea. Only later on, Apikabala, either Ramban and Akdama, possibly you could say that they did get the entire Torah, but it was just written in the Shemitz Hakadosh Baruch Hu. It wasn't split up properly until Meishar Ben Nifter, which is how we explain possibly how Yeshua wrote the last day. Sukkim, definitely interesting discussion. The Gemara and Menachos." And the Gemara and Makas. However, it is clear based on the Yishamin of Adazar, based on the the Taisis Yom Tov speaks out clearly that even though Moshe Rabbeinu got Kolatayr Kula, however, he did not give it all over to Yeshua. He did not give over everything to Klai, so he did not give over everything to Yeshua. So therefore, what the Yishamin say makes a lot of sense that Moshe Rabbeinu got Kolatayr Kula. However, he didn't necessarily give it all over to Yeshua. And Yeshua, through his pulpit, through his understanding of what Hashem wants, he was able to mechavin. He was able to figure out what Hashem told Moshe. And this is actually the Yishamin itself is muhach like this Nakuda because Yishamin before is discussing. That sometimes the Talmud Chacham won't know what Allah is, and using the Papulish al Torah, using the Yigum Amidas, he'll be able to mechave, he'll be able to figure out what Allah is. And the Gemara says, and that Taka was Allah Hamish Misinai. That's Taka what Hashem told Meisha. So you see that using the tools that the Torah gave us, we're able to mechave, we're able to mechaven to everything that Hashem told Meisha. So again, important you said that the the entire Torah wasn't necessarily given over to Klai Yisrael. Klai Yisrael was given the tools. The Maratzi speaks about this beforeish in the Ksavim in Kol Kisve that the Klai Yisrael was given the tools, Yigum Amidas, to figure out the. Allah's, but all those Allah's in and in a, in a, in a, in a, were given over to Meshra Benu, and when we use the Yigomidas, 
When we use the different tools, we're, we're able to be to all the halachas that HaKadosh Baruch Hu told Maish Rabbeinu. There's another important Yishami later on in Peah, which Yishami says that, let's say we find the halacha in the Mishnah, we don't know what the source is, we don't know what the Makar is, the Yishami says, I'll talk again the Dvarim, don't just throw it away, because very possibly it is a halacha Maish Mishnah. So very important, you said that there were many halachas which were told to Maish Rabbeinu. He didn't necessarily pass them down, but he did give over the Klolim, and therefore Klaiso was able to use the Klolim, you'd go meet this and other Klolim to figure out what the Allah is in every scenario. Moving along to the Pesukim later on, we saw in Pasuk Chaf, the, I'm sorry, Pasuk Yuchas, the Pasuk says, Yamim Rab Asi Yeshua, Malacham Ela, Milcham, that Yeshua stretched out the war, he didn't do them so quickly. So Rashi brings down the Magish, Rashi just says, Rashi brings down that Yeshua knew that when he finishes conquering the land, he's, gonna, he's going to die. So therefore Yeshua didn't want to do all the battles so quickly because he wanted to extend his life. Rashi is based on the Magish, let's just take a look at the Magish inside. The Medrash brings down, the Medrash Rabbah, Parshish Matis brings down, Amr Basinak Sibi Shua, Kashar Yisim Yisim Chaviyatarak Yisua, Lechitz Kovchashana. The Medrash says that the Pasuk in the beginning of Yisua says that Yisua was exactly like Meshur Abenu. So asks the Medrash, Yeshua should have lived for 120 years in Mount Baba. So also says like this, that Yeshua and Meshur had a lot of parallels. So the, the Medrash asks, so why didn't Yeshua live also for 120 years? We know Yeshua only lived for 110. So says the Yeshua, says the Medrash, the Medrash explains because of this Avera that Yeshua did, because Yeshua knew that he's going to die when he finishes conquering the world, conquering Eretz Yisrael. So Yeshua thought like this: Many Miyad, Miyad on Yeshua says, "If I fight all the battles quickly, I'm going to die right away." So says Medrash. So he started staggering the wars. He didn't go. He didn't fight so quickly. Yam Rabbas Yeshua has come Malachim Ela. Amar la Kadosh Baruch Hu. Kadosh Baruch Hu responded. Kadosh Baruch Hu said. Because you did this, I'm going to be katzer your life 10 years. That even though a person has a lot of machshavits, a person thinks, a person comes up with cheshbrainis, however, a person really has to follow Kaddish Baruch Hu. Kaddish Baruch Hu has the right ages, Kaddish Baruch Hu knows what's best. So again, the Bali Musr discussed what was Yeshua thinking? Hashem told him to do the battles right away. So, definitely a very interesting discussion. Something the Bali Musr suggests that Yeshua knew that after he would die, Klai Yisrael wouldn't keep the mitzvahs the same, and maybe that's all he wanted to do to But we do see clay from the Medrash that sometimes we don't make cheshbrainis, we just we have to follow. What Hashem tells us to do. There's an interesting observer scene in Cheshuke Chemin in Yuma Pehe Amanalf. He discusses a very interesting Shiloh. He discusses, let's do have a scenario where the Nazis tell a purse, tell a tzaddik, they tell somebody that I'm going to kill you. However, I'm going to give you one last wish. The tzaddik says, okay, I want to put on tefillin, I want to put on tefillin before you kill me. So now the question is, should he even kind the mitzvah as fast as possible, kind the mitzvah of Zriz Makim the mitzvah, or should he say no, that the, the second he's finished being kind the mitzvah, they're going to shoot him? So maybe he should delay doing the mitzvah. So he tries to say, maybe we could bring a raya from our Pasuk and Yeshua from this discussion, because maybe. The reason why Yeshua delayed was because it's Pekach Nefesh, and since it's Pekach Nefesh, so therefore Yeshua didn't want to die, so that's why he pushed off doing the mitzvah, he pushed off Kakmirak Yisrael, then he's Matzcha the Raya, he brings down actually that somebody, they asked Rebbe Chaim Zanafeld, if you take a look in the Chuvas, Shamas Chaim, Simchot Gimel, they asked Rebbe Chaim Zanafeld, Lama Hugnus Yeshua, Sheherach Hasamacham, Mekivish Arts, Harayan Lachar Davish, Amin Pepinei Pekach Nefesh. They asked Rebbe Yasef Chaim Zanafeld, why was what Yeshua did inappropriate? L'chair Yeshua was correcting what he did. He knew that he was going to die right after he finished conquering Eretz Yisrael. So the appropriate thing to do was to delay that so he doesn't, he said he doesn't get killed. So Rabbi Yosef Chaim Zanvald responded, Harei Amru B'Shem Rambam Asher Misha Hishlam responded along the lines of there's nothing more important of doing mitzvahs and that's the most important thing again the exact tarots that he gave is definitely interesting if anybody has a shot in the exact 
definition and the exact words that he's saying. Definitely interesting. There's a lot to discuss. But the basic idea is that the Indian of Zerizas overrides. If a Kaddish Baruch gives you a command, you have to do Bezrizas and you should not push it off. And the Rebbe tries to bring a Raya that you see that Avram Ravino, even though he was told to kill Yitzhak by the Akeda, he did that Bezrizas. You see, he didn't push it off. Definitely an interesting discussion. Finally, one more are on the parak, the Pasuk Chaf. Pasuchov says that HaKadosh Baruch Hu specifically made it that the nations in Eretz Yisrael would not want to make peace with Klai Yisrael. They would fight against Klai Yisrael so that Klai Yisrael would completely destroy them. They would wipe them out. So you take a look at the Radak and the Rambam, important Rambam in Hachash Tshuva, Perak Vav, Halacha Gimel, and we're going to focus on the Meiri says the same Yisait and Avis Perak Dali. They all say a very similar Yisait, and that is that sometimes you take a look, we'll just look at the Radak inside, that sometimes says the Radak and the Rambam speaks this out first that as a punishment for the Averis that somebody does even though in general a person has Bechira however sometimes a person can do so many Averis the Averis that he did are so bad that the punishment is that he loses his Bechira so therefore says the Radak the Rambam speaks this out as well that the nations of, in Eretz Yisrael, they lost their Bechira. Since they lost their chance to, to make peace and they, they wanted to fight against Klai Yisrael, therefore Hashem said, I'm going to prevent you from, doing, from making Shalom. Now I'm going to Mechazek Libam. You're not going to want to make peace with Klai Yisrael. And now you're going to have no choice. Klai Yisrael is going to have no choice but to wipe you out. Let's just take a, a look at the Me'iri in Ovis Parak Dalad because the Me'iri over there is very interesting. He's discussing the Indian Bechira. So the Me'iri over there is discussing the idea that every person in this world has Bechira. He has the ability to make choices. He has free will. And he could decide what he's going to do. And he asks, I, but we find, we find that HaKadosh Baruch prevented Pari from having Bechira. And he brings down a few other Pesukim. And he brings down our Pesuk that Hashem was Chazikas Libam. So he answers the same thing that the Ram, very similar to what the Ram answers. That Kavanah say Hakadosh Baruch Hu ba'Isay Shal Hakshes Ruach when Adam Lutzavim Libam Acharanis Karidatam Asher Pirshu Akatzas Kedachemenu Shekamoshi Yishtana Advar Mativen Lepam Al Derech Amayvus Kenyus Batam Adam Lepam Derech Eni Shemachira Says the Miri just like Hakadosh Baruch Hu sometimes will go around the, wor- the go around the rules of Teva or perform a nace he'll do something unnatural. So too in extenuating circumstances Hakadosh Baruch Hu will take away a person's bechira. For example, in all these cases, Hakadosh Baruch Hu took away their bechira to prevent them from doing shuva, so that Klai Yisrael would wipe them out. Just another interesting in that same area where he's discussing the Indian of bechira, he's discussing the Indian of free will. So he addresses the idea that many people are diff- are built, many people are born with different tenuas hanefesh, different character traits, different personality traits, and says to me, okay, so maybe you'll tell me that a person loses bechira. So says to me, no, of course not. You don't lose your bechira just because a person has a tendency to do something specific, a proclivity to do something specific. It doesn't mean he loses bechira. Of course person has free will and everybody has specific areas which are challenging for them and that in those areas they're going to have to exercise more of their bechira, more of their free will however that does not mean that the person doesn't have bechira. and he just says something interesting he writes that the into the, all the averis that a person does are re- really revolve around bad midas revolve around midas ruts he writes like this that the, all the averis that a person does revolve around seven bad midas and the miri says that all of these midas can be fixed through the tire. What are these seven midas that the Meiri says? Taiva. The first one is Taiva, a person who has Taiva to Averis. Kina, a person who has jealousy. Kas, anger. Gaiva, a person who's about Gaiva. Azaz, a person who's brazen. Sinas, a person who hates rebuke. 
Vachzaris and cruelty. And it's fascinating that the Mir himself goes through each one of these Midas and he addresses and he discusses how these Midas impact and influence a person to do different Averis. But this Mir is very important, extremely important, you say, that really the foundation, the site of when a person does Averis is a Chesarn and Midas, a Chesarn in one of his personality traits that he has to work on. And this explains very nicely the Bali Mutsu, the Bali Machshab, the Rushen discusses why the Torah doesn't focus so much on the Midas. The Rev Chaim talks about this in Shari Kedusha, the Vilna Goyen discusses this, and if you take a look at Evan Shlema, and in Mishle as well, they all basically say the same Yisrael, that the reason why the Torah doesn't speak about Midas is because the entire Torah, it's really based on the, uh, based on the, the idea of a person being a sack in his Midas, and all the Averis, and all the mitzvahs that we do really stem from whether a person has Midas Tavis and Midas right. So again, very important that as important as it is for a person to work on not doing Averis, as important as, as it is for a person to do mitzvahs, a person has to recognize that really he has to get down to the core of the issue, the core of the problem, and realize and recognize that it really stems from an issue in Midas, a challenge in Midas, which he has to work on. Like the Vilnagan writes in Mishlei, that we are here to be misakin our Midas, and if a person is not being misakin his Midas, what is the purpose of our life? Have a wonderful, wonderful day.